you. If you think that this is just, it's, it's not confusing, it's clear. You have to love them and call them what they want. Or you have to love them enough to tell them the truth and to always remind them. If you think there's a clear answer here, I would encourage you to pause and to consider there's probably not a clear answer where the Bible doesn't say thou shalt or thou shalt not. That doesn't mean the Bible doesn't speak to it. Like I said, there's guiding biblical principles that you as a believer need to take into consideration. Well, welcome back to the Ask Anything podcast, because some things are better said than read. I'm Peter LaRufa, and it's great to be back with you here on this podcast. As you may recall, earlier this year, I took a break uh, from work and also from this podcast because uh, we were blessed as a family to be granted a sabbatical from our church. We get that every seven years, and it's a huge, huge blessing to me and my family. And so uh, from early June all the way through middle of August, uh, I was not at work, and I was just with my family and enjoying some uh, some really needed um, rest and relaxation and time of just renewing uh, my focus on the Lord and on my family that I was really, really grateful for. Still, I'm very, very grateful for. And so for most of June uh, during that time, we, we were out of the state of Kentucky for the vast majority of June. And uh, just with our family, hanging out in different beautiful places, got to spend a ton of time in Florida at an Airbnb that we really, really enjoyed. We enjoyed taking a family cruise. Then we drove up to South Carolina, dropped off my kids and my in-laws in Columbia. And then Sarah and I got to spend a few days in Savannah, Georgia. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful beautiful, beautiful city, beautiful, walkable city. So we just got an Airbnb, walked around the city, looked at beautiful, beautiful buildings and uh, trees and little parks and just found different coffee shops and cafes and restaurants and really, really just enjoyed our time together there. Um, then we came back to Kentucky, hung out around the house, did some things locally, went to our, our pool, which we really love in our neighborhood. Then I got the opportunity to take a cross-country train trip, which is the second one that I've taken. I took one last year from Chicago to San Francisco, went through the Rockies with my uh, son, Jonathan. We had a blast. This time I went by myself. I went from Cincinnati all the way to Portland, Oregon, and it was absolutely beautiful. It's a great way to see the country. A uh, great way to see parts of the country that I don't think you'd ever see if you weren't on the train. Like there's sometimes when you're on the train and you're like, oh, there's an interstate. I would see this part of the country if I was driving there. But then there's other times where you look around and you're just like, I would never see this if I wasn't on this train. I can't see a house. I can't see a street. I can't see any sign of life other than this train rolling through this part of the wilderness. And so it's really, really beautiful. And I think uh, I think more people should take it into consideration when they're considering how to see uh, the beautiful country that God has given us. And then in mid-August, uh, August 14th was my first Sunday back, and it was great to be back uh, after a time off, uh, that much time off. I was really excited to get back and uh, see how things were going with our church family, and they were going wonderfully. Not long after that was a very exciting time for the Fort Thomas campus, uh, and for me in particular, because I now have the ability to preach from the Fort Thomas campus, but it's streamed to our other two campuses I can't explain that if you're not familiar with our church, but we're a multi-site church, and that wasn't always the case, and it's now the case. And so I'm really excited that I always get to be at home uh, with my church family at Fort Thomas, whether I'm preaching or whether I'm not preaching. So that's a huge blessing to us. And here we are in October, or almost November, 
And uh, it's time for us to get back to the Ask Anything podcast. But before I get to the question that I'm going to be answering today, I wanted to let you know of something that maybe you can help me out with. I'm going to give you the opportunity to support the podcast financially. Uh, There are costs that are associated with this podcast um, that are just mine, my my own to bear. So this podcast is not associated with my church. Uh, This is just kind of my thing. And so when uh, there's a supply that's needed or, or something that uh, I have to replace or something like that. Uh, that all comes out of my pocket. And that's not necessarily sad, but maybe that's something that you can help me out with. And so, for example, the background that you see behind me that we needed, uh, I had to buy that. That costs about $100. And so, like I said, that's not coming out of any church budget or anything. It's just coming out of my pocket. And so uh, if the Lord were to lay it on your heart to help me out with that, there uh, you can find the link in my bio or in the description, depending on how you're listening to this. And uh, any little bit helps helps to offset costs as they come up. It's not a lot, but they do come up every now and again. And I'd be really grateful for whatever support you can offer. So thanks so much. Now let's get to the questions. Uh, I'm excited to get back to the questions that you have been so faithfully asking. So many of them are so thought-provoking, and I look forward to uh, thinking through them and providing answers uh, as I'm able to. So here is today's question. If someone asks to be called a pronoun that's not true, what is a loving, Christ-like response? And so I'm assuming this person is referring to the transgender movement where people seek to uh, switch genders uh, from the way that God created them from their biological gender. And so nowadays we have people who are saying, even though I was created biologically, they may not say that, but this is what I'm saying. Even though I was created in one way, I want to identify in another way. And so somebody who has been born a male wants to identify as a female or vice versa. Then there's other people who are denying uh, gender altogether. And so they would prefer to be referred to not necessarily as she instead of he or him instead of her, but they'd prefer to be referred to in the with the pronoun with plural pronouns, even though they're only one person, right? They or them. Then there's actually made up or brand new pronouns that people are talking about, like Xer instead of her, or Xim instead of him. And it's hard to keep up. And we're living in a really, really crazy, uh, sad, dark, painful time. And so I'm assuming, I think it's safe to assume, that's what this person is referring to when they say if someone asks to be called a particular pronoun that is not true, meaning not associated with their biological sex, the way God created them, what is a loving Christ-like response? I think people tend to land in two different camps, and so let's talk about those. Some people are just saying, it's not an option. Like, it's not an option. I'm not going to call somebody something that they are not. Uh, These are people who think of, like, reality over relationship, right? Reality trumps relationship, maybe. Or, like, it's just a matter of, I don't don't care how people feel about it. I mean, they're asking me to do something that's just not true. It is inaccurate. For me to do that would be uh, intellectually dishonest. It would uh, be contrary to biblical morals and biblical ideals. It would be hypocritical. And so I'm just not going to do it. It's not even an option. I wish it was an option. I wish I didn't have to make this decision, but I'm being forced to, and so it's not even an option. That's one fairly extreme uh, answer. Another extreme answer would be, this is not a battle worth fighting. Like, I don't care. I'll just call you whatever you want. Like, in in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to my uh, personal and professional relationships with people, this is not the sword that I want to fall on. And so these people would be saying it's relationship 
over reality or maybe feelings and how other people respond and feel about uh, life and how I'm treating them, that is more important than reality. And so if I refuse, this person might say, if I refuse to call them the pronoun that they would like to be called, it's just a constant voicing of disapproval to them. And this is not all I want to talk to them about. This is not all that life is about. Does it trouble me? Yes. Am I concerned about them? Of course. But it's not all I want to talk about. And so for me to refuse to call them what they want to be called, uh, I'm fighting a battle that I don't think is necessarily worth fighting. And so I'll pick my battles, and this is not a battle that I would choose to pick. And so those are two fairly extreme uh, responses. Um, Generally speaking, before I go on, here's what I think. I don't think the Bible presents a clear black or white thou shalt or thou shalt not do something when it comes to this particular issue. And so I struggle in what I'm going to refer to as binding the conscience of another believer to say, if you're a believer and you read God's word, this is what you must do, or this is what you must not do. I don't see that clearly in the scriptures. And so I'm not going to take the position that any believer that's worth their salt, anybody who really loves the Lord is going to do or not do something. What I hope to lay out for you that'll be that I hope to be helpful is some overarching principles that you need to take into consideration as you decide how you're going to navigate this. Uh, the first of which is respect. All people are created in the image of God. And so Genesis 1.27 is a popular and very appropriate verse to quote when it comes to dealing with issues of gender and sexuality. Uh, Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his image. He cre- In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Oftentimes when that verse is quoted, uh, we're focusing on the fact that God created man. God created male and female. 100% true, 100% accurate. I just want to focus on a different part of that verse, and that is the fact that God created people. Uh, That's said just as many times as the gender is highlighted in that verse, right? So God created him. He created him. Male and female, he created them. We need to remember that all people, believer, unbeliever, people who line up with your values and belief system perfectly, and people who could not be more different. All people are made in the image of God. Don't roll your eyes at that. Uh, I know that's a popular thing for us to say nowadays, but it's popular because it bears repeating. It may not be popular, but it's a pretty consistent thing that we hear spoken of many, many times. The fact that God creates all people in his image matters, and it matters insofar as people receiving your kindness and your respect. And so wherever you land on this issue, I hope and pray that you would consider respect as an important thing uh, to guide uh, as a guiding principle as you consider what you would do in a difficult situation. Here's something else that also matters. Respect matters. Relationships matter. When you have to deal with people on difficult issues, you're probably not going to treat everybody alike. And so, for example, uh, I don't treat... uh, kids in my church the same I treat kids in my home. I don't treat people who are very close to me that we have a ton of history with, either because they're in my family or because they're like family, the same as I would treat a complete stranger. Everybody deserves my respect and everybody deserves kindness. Um, But still, within respect and kindness, you treat people differently based on the relationship history that you have with them or the lack of relationship history that you have with them. And so I think that's important for you to uh, keep in mind 
I would hesitate to say there's one answer of how you will treat every single solitary human being when it comes to this issue. I think you need to hope and pray that God would give you the wisdom to understand the nuance and the differences that exist between you and a close personal relationship, a friend, a family member, and you and a complete stranger. And so pray that God would give you the understanding to how to show them respect, but also to how to take into consideration the relationship or lack thereof that exists between you and the other person. Respect matters. Relationships matter. Here's something else that matters. Reality. Truth matters. And here's the truth. God has created us in his image, male and female. Males are not females. Females are not males. It's important that we remember that we care a lot about respect. We care a lot about relationships, but we also do care a lot about truth. Truth matters. And so if you think about how Jesus confronted, let's say, the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4, nobody would read that account and say Jesus was unkind, uh, mean, uh, disrespectful. Uh, I would not say that at all. As you read through that account, you see how Jesus treats this woman with respect because she's an image bearer. You see how he takes into consideration the relationship or lack thereof that he has with this woman because he just met her and she doesn't know him. But you also see him take into consideration the reality, the truth of the situation. Because as kind and as compassionate and as loving as he was with her, he also looked at her and said, yeah, you've had five husbands and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. And so he called out what was the truth. He did not shy away from it. Think about how Jesus interacted with the uh, adulterous woman just a few chapters later in John chapter 8. Um, when people are wanting this woman to be stoned and trying to trick Jesus into into like trying to trap him as they oftentimes try to do, Jesus did say, he among you who's without sin, let him cast the first stone. And so they get schooled, they leave the scene. But then what does he say to the woman as he dismisses her? He's loving, he's kind, he essentially saved her life, but he says, go what? And sin no more. He doesn't just say, go on now, go on now go and sin no more. And so he calls sin, sin. He respects her. He respects the relationship or lack thereof that he has with her. But he also calls sin, sin. Why? Because reality matters. Truth matters. And so I think where you land on this issue needs to take into consideration those three things. How can I show respect? How can I consider the relationship or lack thereof? And how can I make sure that I speak about reality, that I'm not going to be dragged into a lie, a farce, a facade, just because I care so much about this person? Now, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, if you look at verse, I think we're at 39, look at what Jesus says. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And so we have this idea of going the extra mile, right? Going the extra mile relationally. Um, If you unpack that verse, there's a ton of cultural nuance there that really shows you how extreme Jesus was talking. And so some people might say, you know what? Calling this person the pronoun that is not accurate, but what they want, that's my idea of going the extra mile because I'm not comfortable doing it. I don't want to do that. But you know what? For the sake of relationship, I want to go the extra mile. And I think that's what God would have me do. 
And I would look back at that person and say, I think that's okay as long as you make clear that this person knows that what you're doing is out of respect, but not approval, not endorsement. You're doing this out of love for them, but if what you're doing is going to communicate that you endorse or approve of the deceit that they're caught in, of the lie that they're living, I don't think that's good because reality matters. And so here's the bottom line when it comes to this and so many other issues that we're facing in this life. My gosh, this is really, really hard. These are really difficult days we're living in, right? Uh, sin just sucks. It just brings chaos into an otherwise perfect and orderly world that God created us to live in. And so it is so confusing and so difficult. And so I would caution you, if you think that this is just, it's, it's not confusing, it's clear. You have to love them and call them what they want, or you have to love them enough to tell them the truth and to always remind them. If you think there's a clear answer here, I would encourage you to pause and to consider there's probably not a clear answer where the Bible doesn't say thou shalt or thou shalt not. That doesn't mean the Bible doesn't speak to it. Like I said, there's guiding biblical principles that you as a believer need to take into consideration. But don't act like something's clear when it's really not. It requires a lot of thought. And finally, where I want to leave you, I think it requires a lot of prayer. You're going to know how you roll, or you should be self-aware enough to know how you roll. If you tend to think it's all about truth, okay, it is about truth, but you need to ask God to help you to build up the relational side or the respect that you might be tempted to cast aside in the name of truth. That's not biblical and that doesn't honor the Lord. You might be on the other end of the spectrum and say, it's all about relationship. Let like it's God will show them the truth. It's all about relationship. I just want to love people. It's wonderful that you want to love people and that you care about relationship. You need to also care about reality. And you need to pray that God would open your eyes to where your blind sides are and where your weaknesses are. If you're heavy on the relational side, chances are you need to ask God to hone your love for and appreciation of truth because you'll end up being a better friend to somebody if that's true. And if you're big on the, the reality side, the truth side, you need to pray that God would help you to approach people with this truth in a way that speaks the truth in love as Jesus did. And that's my prayer for you, and that's my prayer for me. That as we navigate this difficult issue and many difficult issues that we find in our day and age, that we would be striving after Jesus, who was not uh, half grace, half truth, who was not, he, he was full of grace and full of truth. I know the math doesn't add up, but he was 100% grace and 100% truth. That's who he is. And may it be said of us that that's who we strive to be like, not like ourselves, but more and more like our Savior, Jesus Christ, in this difficult situation and in all the situations that the Lord causes us to navigate in this life for his glory and our good. Thanks for listening to the Ask Anything podcast. To submit a question or support the podcast at any time, look for the link in the description or in my bio. Your support and your questions are greatly appreciated.